Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. And that is completely a lie this time around because I'm not doing the review when I finish the book. I'm doing it uh, two and a half months later. Anyway, joining me today is the other person who's read this book and is going to talk to me about it is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hi, everyone. And the book we're talking about is The Vanished Birds by... Um, Simon si- Jimenez. Simon Jimenez. Is that the is that the Jimenez? I guess Simon Jimenez is. is I if you're, tried going to for the... find something about him. Oh. Uh, just there's the same blurb everywhere. Why? What is it? A, this a, is his first sweet... novel. Is it? Is it a first novel? Well, oh, he, I shouldn't. Uh, I should always say this, and I, I shouldn't no, just assume I, it's I a mean, first novel. I he he, uh, he wrote obviously he wrote short fiction. Yeah. Um. I I think it actually is, might be his first. Okay. I mean, first certainly his first big published novel. novel yeah so yeah his other all of his books on goodreads are delray's next reads sampler 2020 excerpts from 11 upcoming current science fiction fantasy uh, horror titles um and then yeah the vanished bird so it seems like this is a first novel even if he is a known writer or something yeah, like that and and the about the author that you can find on the internet yeah. basically everywhere is simon Jimenez's short fiction has appeared in canyon voices and 100 word stories anthology of flash fiction nothing short of he received his MFA from Emerson College. This is his first novel. Oh, it so is. There his we first have novel. it. It's it right there. Actually, I listen to the audiobook, so I don't get I don't get um, blurbs about the authors. Often that's often missing from the books. You don't get right. the blurbs about it. Yeah. Sometimes you get an introduction or a foreword. I always skip over them because I always hate it when they get somebody else to write the introduction or the foreword, and it's sort of like this is a great novel about this thing and this thing and this thing, and I'm like, yeah, oh, you, so you now I'm, re- want, yeah, yeah, I'm reading it read filtered through somebody else's view. Yeah. Which is never never something that I like so um, I met, we've mentioned this a few times this book a few times not only because it's taking uh, you a long time to finish it that's it, not your fault it's just that we went to a different place we went to um, we went to the Peter F. Hamilton and did two different Peter F. Hamilton novels yes, since then yes. didn't we and also Emma Emma Newman in between as well oh, was that in between that as well that was in between as ah, well okay that's actually a note that I made because when I first oh yes I remember you started reading this when did you start reading this it was like back in January or something ages ago and it was only when I started it I was like oh yeah I'm looking for new books to read oh and there's this one as well the vanished birds and you're like yeah i'm 50 percent of the way through so i started this in june yes finished it in like the very beginning of july yeah and it took me i got through it pretty quickly and now we're here we are in middle of september reading it you read the first 50 percent of this book when when did you get when did you get to 50 percent of the way does through it, i i i is it on your good read doesn't it say anywhere i don't know uh, see activities on the book um, I can have a look at this for you. Seven months ago, I started reading this book. Yeah. <laughs> this is embarrassing. But to be honest, I started this book um, just because I found it on uh, the library app and it had some good, re- good, uh, not it had an average quite high review um, rating. Uh, rating. Yeah. And, uh, well, on Goodreads on, or on the, li- no, on, on the library on the app, library app, actually. Yeah. And it was a book that you didn't, it wasn't something that we talked about. It's just a book that I found and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Yep. So I started reading it. And um, uh, so I read it and uh, got quite nicely into it. But then we had other reading projects on the side. Yeah. And that's quite a long book. So uh, it, uh, it, it went book? back. To me, it felt quite like a long book. Yeah, 391 pages in hardcover actually is is pretty chunky as well. So the library app, um, 
I had to give it several back several times actually. Yeah. And uh, just after you finish it, then uh, I made the decision. Okay, now I'm just going to buy it buy so the I can yeah. actually read it. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have to wait but another two weeks. But then we did the Peter F. Hamilton books. Okay, exactly. so the first Peter F. Hamilton book was very much a uh, very big reference to Hyperion, and I started that literally as I finished this book. That was when it happened. Yes. And I was reading that, going, "Oh, they're just setting up Hyperion, a group of people going to see an alien uh, art, in that case, an alien artifact in a different planet, mm-hmm. and as they complete." different steps of the journey sort of like oh we're now on this section of the journey we'll tell a bit more of our story mm-hmm. and also the big thing was that sort of like oh and one of us is the alien or one in in hyperion it starts off and one of us is the traitor one of us mm. works for the um for the uh, best of spy yeah the spout was yeah. a spy or a, an agent for the enemy um so which is interesting and then i was like oh that's where i've read the start of this because this first chapter or the first section or first part of this book mm-hmm. you don't follow the story of the main character yeah of, of our protagonist if you could say sort of like this child who is like one of the is the main character of the story it kind yeah. of follows his story you actually get um the story not even of his parents or anything but the people who kind of guide him into the larger story yeah and it's this time not time travel but like a time dilation story where um a woman keeps coming back to this this uh like kind of a primitive tribe which is this this weird dis- it, you don't see it from that point of view you see people are oh we're just working we're providing yeah, we're d- doing this farming we're living our and then lives. every uh, every 16 years or how how, how i think 17 is it 17, 17 years yeah, or something yeah Every seventeen years, uh, however much it is, this this uh, this trade um, th- thing, come, this trade vessel comes over, yeah. picks up the stock from our farm, yeah. and then leaves again. Yeah. And then seventeen years later, comes back, and in the first one, there's a there's a tryst, there's a there's a bit of a romance, yeah. and then disappears 17 years later she comes back again and now that guy is sort of like a grown not he's not just a you know a young stud he's like, yeah. like an older mature so person he's aging and she doesn't really age she doesn't age yeah. the next time you come back he's like the leader of the village or is like mm-hmm. one of the top guys in the village or whatever mm-hmm. and then she comes back and he's like an old man and then it's a bit too late you know because now he's like 80 years old and yeah. they both know that that's going to be the last time they go through now as i was reading the story i was like i've read this story before this is the first novel of this guy where do i know it from and it was only actually when I started reading that next book I'd made a note actually I can bring up my notes here I sort of like um, it starts with a story I feel I've read before and it's the final story in Hyperion which again um, I know I mentioned this at the time but if we go over here to the Hyperion um, thing part six the console's tale remembering Siri the console tells the story of Merrick Merin Aspic and Siri. Aspic engages in several voyages aboard a spacecraft, a spaceship to build a farcaster portal um, on Maui Covenant, connecting it to the hegemony, hegemony and its waiting hordes of tourists. Eventually, he falls in love with Siri. Each time they meet, Merin and Siri age at different speeds due to time dilation. The difference grows more pronounced until the eighth visit, in which Merin returns to find Siri dead of old age and the farcaster ready to be activated it's yeah. it is that's it's, it's that same story yeah. you know yeah. that, and that's where it that's where it comes from that you know from hyperion that's why i was thinking i've read this before yeah but then the main story really kicks off at the end of quite a long chapter of this story it's like a short yeah. story you vividly, that really feels like someone uh like simon jimenez has gone right oh i'm a short story writer and here's a short story and it's a good short story it's perfectly fine like as it is the characters are interesting yeah and uh, and it tells that story about the captain of a ship coming back and finding someone older and older each time that they meet and mm-hmm. how that what that relationship even looks like because for her only five months has passed and for him 17 years has passed yeah and then suddenly he like the old guy finds this boy 
who just is random boy just arrived on the planet and like, yeah, well, how did this planet get there. here? How did this planet get here? Uh, the sorry, boy. No, how did the boy get onto this planet? And they're like, oh, I know. He shouldn't be on this planet. He's obviously not from around here. I'll give him to this spaceship captain, yep. this trade spaceship captain, and she can just take him back to civilization or wherever he's, he's from. Yeah. Wherever he's from. Yeah. And that's what really kicks off the story. And then yes. you get this thing where... Someone had said, or you'd said, it's sort of like, oh, it feels a bit like, you know, a long way to a, a small, lonely planet. Uh, it's no, small, small angry, angry planet. planet. Yeah. This is not lonely planet. I don't know where lonely planet <laughs> comes from. Um, so, um, so and, and it is a little bit in that because you get to know a, the a crew. crew. A crew. Yeah. And this, I thought, was a really interesting part because you're like, oh, this is the young boy and he gets to know the captain and then the mechanic and then there's the security guard Mm -hmm. and then there's the navigator and Mm -hmm. the pilot. You know, all of these different characters on the ship have their own role. I think there's the doctor and that kind of stuff. And... That, that The book goes on a bit like that. And then they're like, ah, right, now they're on a different mission. And they say, hey, does anyone want to come on this mission? It's going to be longer. It's going to be more dangerous. You're going to have a lot more money. Who wants to come with me? And, like, most of the crew say, no. Mm-hmm. And they just disappear from the story. And they're like, all right, let's get together a new crew. And so then what you do, like, this next section of the book is like, right, now we get to get to carry on with this adventure but with like a new crew and we get to know each one of those people like you yeah. like we get to new, get to know the no, new doctor and the new yeah. mechanic and the new pilots and they come on board and do that kind of stuff yeah and i think only two of the previous six yes. six crew members come along onto that next one of them no no there's, no, there's two, two of them there's two of them. the um Oh, yeah, the... There's the, the captain yes. and the security, the heavy, the security, the woman who is... Sonia. Yeah, is it Sonia? I, yeah. I, I finished reading this in, yeah, uh, in uh, the 1st of July or whatever. Of so course. it's not sticking there with me. Yeah, and so then the story continues on. And I don't want to go on too much about this, but the whole, the whole thing is, how did this small boy arrive on this planet? He doesn't have any memory of it and can't communicate with it. But other people think, oh, there are people in the world who can teleport themselves long distance distances or at all Mm -hmm. but it happens very very rarely Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to keep track of these people and someone's sort of like oh let's keep an eye on this boy if he suddenly disappears or travels around or does something we'll be able to you know we'll have him under observation and that kind of stuff but you Um, do remember the connection of uh, what who says that and why yes again but i don't want to give away too much in in the story yes um, but there's this whole other part of the book. Yeah, that that middle section that there as well. Other like it, it doesn't feel. I, was it the middle? It felt like the second section. Yeah, like uh, where you get to know like this dystopian world where they're not around in space and they're just hanging out on planets and you know having to exist in these places. Yes, so. but also at the time yeah. when that section was, I yeah. was reading that section. We were reading uh, Emma Newman book. Oh yes, and you said it feels very much like Planetfall and those yes, other books because there is like what was her, her name? Sue Me. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And uh, she's this, like this uh, crazy clever person. Yeah. And then I go into this book and yeah, read and it's it. A, and there's a, a same a, similar like character. Fumiko. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's true. That is very much like it. You say, oh, if you do go to another planet and set up a colony and then you're like the, the person. But then that, that person is using time dilation as well. So she keeps flying around the different colonies. So she is always there. She's an ever present, but it's only because she's spending a week in a place at any mm-hmm. time and then flying between places for a few weeks. And so time keeps passing in the same way that at the start of the book. Like, how can you... How can somebody be there for for uh, like how can someone keep in control of an entire civilization be the leader for so long and it's obviously a time dilation they can grow old but everyone else is growing old much 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 faster but she's like the the most super clever person she has 
a lot of money and like she is like the leader of all those things and uh and then we get to see her love love story there and looking backwards i back to when i started this reading this book seven months ago yeah it is really hard for me to put it all into one coherent yeah, it isn't book. one it isn't one coherent book it's very much episodical it, i wouldn't even say it's episodical episodic is the word episodic, episodic. but yeah. i wouldn't even say it's very episodic i think it's just a book where you're not as the reader you're not sure sure who the main character is yeah who you're meant to be rooting for yeah if you're meant to be rooting for the the, the ship the the relationship the yeah. like the family relationship that develops between this young boy and the rest of the crew and the captain yeah. are you meant to be going for this uh, what's her name Fumiko 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 you have her backstory we get you know we flash back to her backstory and discover why she is like she is yes you know it, this is the story where she is very ugly or something is that the, is yes, this the one like yeah it's the, it's, so her mother her decided setup, and then, yeah, yeah her yeah, mother she, was a, an actress or very she was famous for being beautiful and she says yeah. well i'm going to be part of this political movement mm. which makes sure that all your kids are ugly so they don't have that benefit of life and they they look at life differently yes. no this kind of stuff so you're like oh that's a really weird thing so you're like yeah. are you now rooting for the person who is in control of this you know kind of dystopia society bit is it you know yeah. then you get the backstory of the small boy of the ship that he came from and yes, that's all it's weird it's also really and disturbing yeah so it's like someone has got all oh, right i've got these really good ideas for for different short stories mm -hmm. and all these different characters mm -hmm. and how can i put them together in a way which is interesting if not coherent if not satisfying yes and for me It worked as an experiment of going, all right, there's lots of different facets to life. Yes. Life doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. Yes. If, like, why wouldn't it go the way that you think it's going to go? And the reasons for that are fine. Like, in the, th in the, in the way that they go, all right, everyone, get together. We've got this ship mission. Uh, who wants to come along? In any other book, if this was a, a Marvel movie, everyone would be like, me, me, me. And they yeah. all get together and the team stays yeah. together and they go yeah. off on a new adventure. Yeah, yeah. If it's going to be anything else, you're like, well, we, I'm like, no, but we spent time getting to know these people. And they're like, yeah, yeah but they don't really care about this situation. And it's going to be a long mission. And everyone, if they go on this mission, everyone that they come back to, all their families are going to be dead. And they've already yes. done this a lot of times. Yeah. So, excuse me, I've got to sneeze. Gesundheit. <laughs> Um, but also, I think yeah. it's very honest because in, in the all in all of these uh, situations, you're giving a choice. Yeah. And it, often in the book, it feels like because it's like the team is doing this for the greater good, and everything is like everybody yeah. is just defaulting to saying yes. Yeah. But this is not how people work. And if they on, if the choice is honest, yeah. and if you actually can say and no, that's the thing. It never feels like in in fiction. It very rarely feels. I said never. It very rarely feels like people are actually would actually be in the situation, and there'd be the outcome that there's going to be. Yes. Um, oh, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always have to sneeze twice. So I don't know why I didn't do that. Excuse me. Uh, so there's a movie, a Tarantino movie called Death Proof. Okay. And it's a really crazy movie yeah. where they get together a group of, uh, of women who are going out for the night and you get to know that you spend loads of time with them. Mm -hmm. And then the, as they're driving home, mm -hmm. um, uh, a crazy guy, uh, like a serial killer, comes and kills them all with a car. He drives into them and drives them off the road and then they oh. all die. And then you're like, oh shit, and that's only halfway through the movie. And the second, uh, spoilers for a very old uh, Tarantino movie. Um, and then the next half of the movie, 
they do the same thing again. They're just like, all right, now let's get to get. We're gonna they're gonna have another cast of girls uh, of women, like three of them or four. I can't remember how many it is. And then they're gonna get. They're gonna go out for a night, and they're gonna spend time with each other. We're gonna spend time with them, get to know them all. And then when they're driving home, he comes and tries and uh, you know and tries to do the same thing again. Uh, okay. Uh, what happens is that two of them are stunt women. Uh, they're actually uh-huh. movie stunt women and know how to drive and know how to fight and stuff. So it doesn't it doesn't go according to plan. <laughs> but it is one of those movies that halfway through the movie, you're just going, yeah, I was just like, wait, I've just got to know all of these women. Yes, and I'm, I'm not really attached to these people. And they die in like a really kind of gruesome Tarantino kind of way. <laughs> in a way, you're just like, oh, I've never watched a movie where like all of the characters die halfway through sure. and then the same thing happens again. And that's what this movie felt like. It's all like, oh, someone. Oh, so yeah, this novel. <laughs> it feels like Simon Jimenez is saying, "Okay, if this was, if this isn't the story, if this isn't just like a, a like a pat, neat story mm-hmm. about somebody who discovers they have a superpower and then saves the world with the superpower, yeah. it would go in a, in a very specific way. Like this is in in some ways a, a superhero origin story yes. in a, in a way. Yeah, a small child." And, and that's what I really liked about it, that it's in this book, it holds off a long, long time. Does he have powers? Does, does he have a power? power? Is he delusional? Or yeah. does he, is he memory disappeared? But Or whatever. So I always like that in, in these books. Like, how long can they keep you in the, is, is this really a superhero book or a superpower book? And yeah. is that. But it's it's not like, it's not one of these like, oh, somebody discovers they have a superpower um, when, it, and then. Uh, and then at and, the, at the moment when it fits yeah and it fits in their life yeah. they they discover it at the right time but then mm. they say oh but what would it really be like and then you get like the uh, you know all of these sort of like reality not reality based ones but they say if somebody did like watchman or something so mm. if somebody really did have superpowers what would it actually do to them would they just you know walk around naked and blue and then go and live on mars because they can't deal with it or would they yeah. become vigilantes and then become anti-heroes yes because of course they would so there's all of that kind of stuff, that kind of level of looking at superheroes. But this is very much if Ted Chiang wrote a story about it. When he he does these stories of like, what would it really be like if hell existed and, you know, there were really demons and angels? Yeah. You're like, oh, this wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the world is like now plus religion. No. The presence of them would change the world so fundamentally that I have to kind of redesign this from the ground up. Yes. Yes. And I really want to talk about this kind of stuff now, but it I am we are going to get into spoiler territory because I really want to talk about the last part of this book, the last section oh, of this yeah, book. Oh yeah, I am me too because I mean I literally you just, just read it, read it to yesterday uh, and today. Yeah, I just want to read down and um go to uh friends reviews. This friend like only one friend on uh, on Goodreads has reviewed this. It's Margaret rated it 3 stars. The writing is lovely in this cern- slow burn science fiction about space travel and found family. I think the found family is, is why I was thinking about Wayfarers you know the long yes. way because it's sort of like oh you know not my real family but we yeah, make a family the, out the of the crew is, is the tight, is it the tight I was really family. enjoying it and until the last 75 pages or so it's been a long time since I felt so dissatisfied with an ending it felt like all this great character development was for naught but I did enjoy the majority of the book now I just want to frame that as, the, as this this mm-hmm. this story I'm going to recommend people read this book mm-hmm. because I really enjoyed reading this book yes despite I don't think it being an amazing book but it is a new for like I've it's very put it this way it's very very rarely that I have the kind of reading experience I have of this book yeah despite or because like in the same way of like watching the Tarantino movie of Death Proof you're just sort of like oh that's not what I wouldn't want every single movie to have like all of the main characters die halfway through in a gruesome death and then you restart with the next of course not you don't want that like that's not what I want no 
and I'm not saying that in this book all of the characters die halfway through. I'm just using that as like a, as a reference point that this yeah. is a book where you get to know a cast of characters and they say, who wants to come on a further adventure? And like most of them say, uh, not me. And they opt out. And then you go, oh, right. And you get, oh, that's kind of how life works in a way. Yeah. Uh, unsatisfyingly that you get to know a group of friends and then you move to another city and you're like, oh, but I thought my life would just be this found family and everyone's happy and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, but like life intervenes and you move yeah. to a different city. And you've got to find new friends and new found family and all that other kind of stuff. So yeah. this book doesn't give you the satisfying story that you would normally want from a book. But what it does do is give you a different kind of story, which I wouldn't want every book. I wouldn't want every reading experience to be this way. But mm -hmm. I thought this was a refreshing reading experience to have a story which you, you like I say, you don't even know who the main character is. And it's very disjointed. The yes. writing is, I think it goes a long way on the strength of its writing yes. and the strength of its characters and the strength of its premises. But because it's, it's Simon Jimenez here, he's working on hard mode yeah. by writing this. Like the first part of the book is like this, entire short story this kind of novella well, it's not novella length but it feels like an entire somebody's entire life you read about this well, young kid yeah, you do yeah who starts off as a small boy and ends as an 80 year old village elder like retired village elder yeah and that's just the first chapter you're like oh man i've i've had someone's entire life yeah. and we're just still in chapter one yeah. here of this book <laughs> and then it carries on from there so i want to say that i would give this book Again, I always have to rate it on my reading, like how much I enjoy the reading experience. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to give this book like a really high rating, but because, but it's like this meta reading experience because I understood what he was doing. I was like, ah, oh, I'm really enjoying how unenjoyable this book is. You know, that said that I've never felt so dissatisfied with an ending. I was feeling myself being dissatisfied with the ending, but on the meta level saying, oh, this is fantastic yeah. because I want to be challenged in what fiction can be. Yes. I thought at the end it was really poetic. Yes. In in its dis disappointingness, disappointingness yes. but very human. Yes, it, the thing is, very, it is Simon Jimenez knows exactly like what he's aiming life. for. He's really going for it. Yeah. And at a meta level, I really yeah. appreciate someone mm -hmm. trying to knock it out of the park. Yeah. But I can't give this book five stars because I just didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah. But I don't want to give it like three stars because then I'm just sort of like, oh, I didn't enjoy it. No, I really did enjoy I re I enjoyed being made uncomfortable about narrative possibilities. Yes. And in once I wrap up this part, we'll get into some spoiler territory because I really want to talk to you about the end of this book and I think it's gonna and I don't wanna I don't want to save it until after the podcast like we normally do. So yes. Yes. um so yeah I, I would rate this book four stars. What about you? Like and we well, then we get into more details but yeah. I just want to cause I think giving a four star rating, my four star rating is like yes I recommend this book Mm -hmm. to you wholeheartedly mm -hmm. even if it's not perfect and even if it's not for everyone it really yeah. was a book for Luke yeah I think um, when I started reading it I was super into it I really yeah. enjoyed it and um, then there was this big break in it which yeah. is very it, it, it doesn't make it doesn't give it credit for that I mean I should have just read it in one yeah. go I yeah. should have just bought it right from the beginning um, and and I I'm totally with you and I think what just having finished it literally a few hours ago yeah i uh, during the end bit which is so it's so gripping it's so intense yeah. and it's very as i said before the, the the way that what he's describing while the end is happening he is describing the whole book as well yes and it's this very philosophical poeticness yeah that really gripped me a lot and I was I had tears in my eyes because oh, yeah. it was so 
real. Yes. It felt like it felt like real science fiction. It didn't feel like science fiction that we we are hoping for yeah. a utopian kind of yeah. he- hedonistic. And this is the thing, it's science fiction that if you just did speculation, if you, if it was like if it wasn't speculative fiction, if it was just speculation, you say, and then this would happen, then this would happen, this would happen, this would you'd be go like, yeah, that's right. And you're like, oh, but that doesn't make it that doesn't make for the best story though, does it? Yeah. And he's sort of like it I wouldn't say this is speculative in like, oh it's rigorous science and working through it. It's sort of like, no, this would this could be how it works out. Yes. And like I say, from a narrative level And from like a or a traditional narrative level, it it isn't it it's great. But from a poetic and kind of political and all these other kind of levels, I think it really works. So I'm going to rate this four stars. How about you? Yeah. As someone who just finished it today, although you started it in February or March <laughs> or whenever. It was. I think, from my feeling, it's also a four star book. Yeah. Yes. I'm just saying, that's the that's the meta level of the book. But but I I always want to yes. say I I have but to rate with le- my. But the meta level of a book is part of the yes. book. Yeah, and it did make me feel things all the way through. But like I say, I always base, I always want to base these ratings on enjoyment. Yes, and, there and was, I think the there writing was, was good. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's quite a few things that aren't enjoyable about this book. Yes, but that's the whole point of I it. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's sort of like the specifically. But it's not like you're ha- you're having to spend uh, all your time with a very much unenjoyable uh, oh, no. main character. No, no, that's it's, it's all good. That's that's a di- it's a different kind of thing. All right, let's wrap it up here. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound the spoiler horn, and then uh, and then do it. Let me take my jacket okay, off. Okay, you take you take the jacket off while I ha- uh, sound the spoiler horn. <laughs> No, you just took longer to take your jacket off than I thought I you were. Just, <laughs> I was a bit uh, paralyzed by this awkward noise. <laughs> It's the spoiler horn. That's what you do. Okay, so that means if someone hears that, they know, ah, oh, like if they're not listening properly. All right. So, uh, re- you ha- you, at this moment, you well, should have read this book. No, 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 no. I, I totally understand if people don't want to read this book or they don't care about spoilers. What yes. I'm going to say now is is what I kind of really appreciate, the daringness of this book. Yeah. Um, and that is, uh, there's this, uh, uh, this is idea of um, the um, the Batman uh, movies always, or just Batman in general, it's kind of like a flawed character, or the, the premise is flawed. Yeah. Because he is a crime fighter who yeah. works in this city. Yeah. And... Um, And uh, and he's a billionaire. So you think, all right, if you want to improve the lives of your people, you could get, you could dress up as a as a you know in your SWAT, police SWAT gear with a pointy pointy ears on your helmet and yeah. go and punch bad guys and stop yeah. people being shot in the street and things like that. Or you could spread your money around and make sure everyone has enough food, has enough you know shelter. A shelter everyone's well. Um, you know, well housed. Everyone's got looked after. You know that social safety net, which means people won't have to, you know, try and steal someone's pearl necklace and then shoot them over yeah. a pearl necklace yeah. around the back of a, an opera. Wealth inequality is the source of this crime the and crime strife in, in the, the city, s- yeah. which actually I quite like in that first movie or the first Nolan Batman movie, where mm. they are actually sort of like, oh yeah, here's Wayne, and we're building this uh, network of we're building new water the pipes and, and, and the train yeah. network. They are actually doing like the Wayne. The Wayne uh, Enterprises and Wayne Manor and all this other stuff. Yeah. They d- there does seem to be some philanthropy there. Yes. And um, so that's that's the main that's one of those main kind of like big plot holes at the at the source of the the superpower the the superpower. Yeah. Like if your superpower is, is money is money 
and you decide to use your money to make yourself into a better petty crime fighter and right. all you do is is beat up petty criminals again yeah. the batman movies don't always do this because in the first one there was corrupt cops that weren't doing that you know yes. stuff. but i so, think this is this is the 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 finger that points into this wound which is the joker which who he says yeah batman wouldn't be anything yeah. without him yeah and that's 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 um yeah that's the 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 real thing and, yeah and, and and so it's very self-referential all right so let's go on to a different super superhero superman yeah superman works as a um a journalist <laughs> and uh in the daily planet or wherever it is the bugle which is the bugle on the no daily idea planet. what the newspaper's called anyway Oh no, maybe 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 the Daily Planet is where Spider Man works. Uh, Peter <laughs> Parker works. Anyway, so whatever it is, he works in the newspaper. What he works? He as works a... as a journalist, and then he would go around and and catch people falling from buildings and stuff yes. like that. And the idea is sort of like ah, oh, if he if he was actually all powerful and had laser eyes and all this other kind uh -huh. of stuff. Why, and he could fly around. Yeah. Like, why doesn't he just sort of like, why don't you hook him up to a, a, a hand crank into a power generator and he just crank away at a power generator? And you think, well, what he's doing is like he gets his power from the sun or something like that. The sunlight comes in. And so he's already converting sunlight into extreme power and extreme, mm. you know, uh, and, he, and he can't be hurt or anything like that kind of stuff and this is a, a long-term th thing you know with, with with that and there's been some comics about it so there's this saturday uh, saturday morning breakfast cereal when uh, he, he, it goes like this when Super who, superman started out he saved dozens of lies every day stop crook people were grateful soon he realized that he could be saving more lies instead of stopping criminals how about you transport loads of grain to starving people oh okay we sought out better techniques and life-saving technologies new plan use your strength to plow farmland in impoverished countries economists think that's better long term but hey every second of quibbling is another baby dead comes up finally we found maximum efficiency we need you to crank this magnet as fast as possible the energy it generates will be so cheap that everyone can enjoy western standard of living seems a bit monotonous as uh, superman that reminds me keep your speed constant at all times <laughs> this began to wear him out i kind of miss crime fighting you, what you know what I miss? Food. That's what they'll all say in Bangladesh if you stop. But society advanced rapidly on cheap, clean energy. It's welcome to Somalia and it's yeah. this uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, scientists discovered a problem. Our calculations, uh, by our calculations, we hit peak Superman here. When's that? <laughs> when Superman dies of exhaustion. We collectively transitioned to clean energy, making Superman an obsolete power source. You've been replaced. By what? Muons. Don't you read the news? By then, society was so improved that crime was non-existent, making Superman an obsolete person. Stop, crook! Oh no, he's giving me a free purse and a free ski mask. I'm wearing it to keep my, uh, to warm my face. <laughs> he tried to get a job, but his resume was a bit thin. Superman, 1939 to 1470, uh, 47. Reporter, Daily Planet. Oh, so it is Daily Planet. Daily Planet. Uh, 1947 to present, moving arms up and down constantly. He spent his last few lives as a greeter for the Smithsonian Museum of Superheroes. Welcome, my superhearing tells me you need directions to the restroom. The exhibit of his body was much more popular. Superman, a transitional power source. So that's the that's the kind of yeah. setup that we have there. Over here on XKCD, the what if here as well. Yoda, how much force power can Yoda output? I'm going to uh, ignore the prequels and then it just says sort of like, oh, he managed to lift a, a, an X-Wing fighter. So if we use the X-Wing fighter is about the same size of a, you know, a jet and how mm -hmm. much, you know, that power takes force to lift yeah. a jet. Can we and use then this we power for good? Crank it and stuff like that. And it works out that... Um, you know, he actually does, uh, Yoda would be only worth about $2 an hour because he only puts out about 24 
about 25 horsepower is okay. what Yoda's power levels are. Yeah. Um, so there's this this idea of like, oh, why don't, if someone's got superpower or super speed or super healing, why are they fighting crime? Yeah. Why don't you just sort of like crank, Go, do a hand the, crank the and stuff like that? sources of the crime. Now, all of these kind of things that I was saying before, this is all really interesting. And, but nobody ever takes superhero powers to this level of, uh, extrapolation. Mm-hmm. I think the vanished birds is one of the best extrapolations of what it would be like for someone to have superpowers. Yes. And normally they say, "Oh, we've captured the superhero, and now we're going to force him to use his powers to, you know, for this reason." Yeah. And it'll be like, "Oh, yeah, someone's really strong. We made them fight a monster. Or they're really, you know, you know, they can do this, and uh, we can use them for testing in this way." Yeah. Because this book ends, like this last quarter of this book ends with our main character, the small boy. What's the small boy's name? Aro. Aro. Aro is captured. And they take his blood and they realize, ah, what we actually need is we will use his power and distribute this power around. Mm. And part of him will be, will extract parts of him and plant his parts of these things in all around the, around, in all these different vehicles yes. we can put people in the vehicles and then he can then transport that vehicle with his you know with this kind of stuff and we'll just say oh this thing from there to there and they put around this entire routing network about him and it's this comic that we just saw there yes. you know this thing yeah. like extrapolating out until oh actually superman will just be powering this thing and you won't have any value as a human being as a crime fighter yeah. as a krypton or all these other kind of things what we actually need from you is just the power yes and in this book arvo becomes the source of um, an interstellar transport he is network. The acquisition. That's yes. what he's been. He's called he's the acquisition. Called the acquisition, and he's just been kept alive basically in this capsule, mm. and they're draining his blood, and his, his one yeah. drop of his of his blood is in all these devices. Yeah. But they actually don't just say, "Oh, and that's the end of the book." Isn't it bad that he's just in there, and then we're going to do this? What the end of this book is is this fast forward through this kind of same tale of this kind of parable of Superman uh, yeah. Yeah. doing hand cranking. They reach peak acquisition avro um being able to transport people around it, it fast forwards through there and they say yes. oh yeah and then months in the future everybody was really relying on this free um this free stuff around and then suddenly things start going wrong so we have this all this this entire other speculative fiction fast forwarding through yeah and it's so depressing Yes. But it's so interesting and also so unsatisfying because we've got to know this kid and we're like, oh, yeah, and the kid's going to grow up and he's going to yeah. be free and he's going to roam around the story and he's going to be like this. He's going to be, was it, bamfing around or whatever, yeah. like, things like that. Th- like you, this, this story up until the point when everything goes wrong yeah. was set up in so many ways that everybody who reads it yeah. has its outcome in their head. Yeah. They have in their, in their head, okay, this is what's going to happen and then that's what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen. And he's going to tour around, not, I'm, I don't want to say tour around fighting crime, but I'm just, I'm using this framing as what you want to be. But, but actually, they're going to get stay together and yeah. use it for the good. They're going to get together with the old and, family. And they're going to yeah. do the, the, the contract because they have literally have finished the contract. Yeah. They're going to go back to Fumiko and she's going to use it. She's going to just... Yeah, crazily brilliant brain. She's gonna actually use it for the good. The whole thing's set up, but at the end, it just it goes it it falls deeper and deeper in this dystopian uh, vision of what it's like if somebody. Here's the thing that I always find 
disappointing in these movies and stuff where they're like, you know, especially the X-Men where they're like, oh, and there's this war between it and it's an analogy of, you know, outcast people or like people say, oh, yeah, I feel like the X-Men because people thought I was dangerous and all that. Mm. And it always really annoys me. It's because like, no, the X-Men are dangerous. The X-Men do have other powers. Mm -hmm. I know it's like a parable or an analogy or something between sort of like oh yeah i grew up as a uh, you know as gay and then i and people always thought i was harmful but you know the the x-men i could read about other people who are different from me i'm like yeah but these people have claws that come out their hands and they turn into monsters and they can teleport through walls and stuff these people are do are different in a way that actually people have extra powers they are more dangerous yes. and gay people are not more dangerous and black people are not more <laughs> no. dangerous you know it doesn't matter what policemen think about 12 year old boys and the, before they shoot them and say oh yeah you know he looked really dangerous and he's more dangerous no but x-men really are more dangerous yes. and so what it's always what these movies and again i haven't read the comics but what the movies always seem to be it's sort of like oh they want to wipe us out they want to stop us they mm. want to control us they want to throw us in prison they want to take away our powers Mm -hmm. But the reality would be is if you had those powers, they wouldn't want to do that. Capitalism and corporatism mm -hmm. and cronyism and oligarchyism <laughs> and all these other isms would get your hands on you. And you are literally an asset. You are an acquisition yeah. with a resource to yeah. extract. Yeah. And it's really depressing to actually have this laid bare and that if anything valuable is there and you yeah. say, oh, we're going to ignore the humanity of this person, yeah. you don't wipe them out. You don't, you, ignoring the humanity of them doesn't mean that you throw them in jail or do any of that kind of stuff. It's that you extract the resources and the resources from that person or from their land or from whatever it is yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And just because you've got a superpower doesn't mean anything, no. you know. And, and what I found so impressive in this writing yeah. was to read from the point of view of the person literally being strapped down yeah. and being ta taken apart. And reading this this death struggle within himself and this whole yeah. thing was heartbreaking. Yeah, it it was really hard to read, and it it ha doesn't happen often that in science fiction books you read like this deep in, uh, like on the edge of death, what happens in yeah. the person's head, and it's the same as uh, as well with uh, Fumiko. Yeah, she has also she has got these uh, she's. Di uh, what, what's the word she's um uh, out of her head and yeah, she's, out of body experience well she 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 is uh hallucinating oh, yeah, yeah. and and has uh, she sees her former lover with her and yeah. like the, all these kind of things are really heavy-handed on the the description of uh, near-death experiences yeah and you don't often have that and yeah. also, you don't have that after stories where you think, oh, I know exactly yeah. how this is going to go. Yeah, and that's go. the thing. It's, it's sort of, I don't know, it's, this book feels like a more 2020 book than oh. any other book, oh, yes. you know. Yes. Like, you read these other books, but this, I don't know, it kind of captures something about, like, oh, man, life is pretty bleak at the moment, which is difficult to read. But again, yeah. it's done with a lot of poetry. Yeah. So, uh, and, and just yeah. one more thing. I recently watched Into the Woods. Yeah, uh, which uh, is a, a musical, a, a Broadway musical, yeah. and they they made a, a a movie out of it yeah. with Anna Kendrick and and like pretty good good cast, and uh, I, I I mainly 
wanted to watch it because a student of mine wanted to sing a song from it. From and, it, okay, yeah. And so we were doing the song. I had the song stuck in my head, and then I actually watched the movie and saw it in context. And saw it in context. So I and and that's the same thing. You have uh, the first part is the and fairy tale. Everything is yeah. going the way the fairy tales go. Yeah. And then at some point, suddenly, things are going start to go. Yeah. Crazy and life. Yeah. Some it's a person that you think is just part of the dies. Yeah. Then destruction and and relationship and, breakdown. And everything yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is going crazy, and you think like, oh, wait a second, this is actually how life works as yeah. we can see right now. Yeah, it's not always sort of like, and then this happens, this happens, and then we wrap it up with a bow, yeah. and that's the end of the story. Yes. Next episode, no, it's not like no, 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 no. That's this is still the same story that comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to kind of have a little date delve into the ending of this book and why somebody gives it three stars and say this is the most disappointing ending to the book. And I understand. I can I, I totally understand it. I but also, it. as I was reading this book, I mm. understood that mm. Simon Jimenez was trying to catch you out. Oh, he was making you feel like, oh no, there's actually more to this. Mm. Like, like just the idea of like the first story and we're like, oh, this whole story is told from this point of view and it ends with him, this old guy, like, you know, we leave him and we know he's going to die of old age mm -hmm. in, before anybody could ever come back. Yeah. You know, and um, and then, yeah, and then there's the... And actually, we do you revisit that later on as well. And then you, like, you set up with this crew and then just half the crew disappear and you're like, oh, no, we actually got to know new people now because that's what happens in life. People just leave your life yeah. and you're never going to see them again and you've got yeah. to get to know... And and as it was going through, I was like, ah, right, this this book is doing things, like, like narratively in a way which is kind of setting up what is possible with a book. Mm. And like I say, it's a, he, he's writing on hard mode here, but he does pull it off, even if it is jarring and uncomfortable to read. I don't in any way think it's disappointing. No. Because I don't think anyone could come to the end of this book and say, say, of course you're thinking, well, that's not what I was expecting. Of course. And that wasn't what I wanted to read. Yes. But having read it, I think it is very satisfying having read it, even if it's not... Yes. It doesn't feel it at the time. You know, you're feeling like, no, this can't be how it goes. Yes. But it, like you say, it's such an easy way to say, oh, and at the end of the book, everybody dies. You're like, okay, but now about how everybody dies halfway through the book or in the movie, and that's what I was saying before. Like, yeah. having everyone die at the end of a book or at the end of a movie is actually a really easy way out. Yeah. Because it, it's sort of like, oh, you get the full story, except sad ending. It's sort of like and you get you to the end of the computer game and then you make one decision. Yeah. You know, happy ending or sad ending. Yeah. And as soon as you pick the sad ending, like, sad ending, and then it's finished. Yeah. But the, the sad ending in this book is about 75% of the way through. And then they're like, and now we're after the sad ending. What happens then? And you're like, yeah. oh no, normally when there's a sad ending, it's the sad ending. That's the ending. Yes. And I quite, I quite like it that because often in books, I want to read more. Yes. In this book, you kind of you don't want to read. Don't it. want to but read. But that's the thing. If this book ended at seventy-five percent of the way through, and you mm. say, "Well, how would it end?" And if you were going, if you were just thinking, "Oh, this is a normal story," you'd say how it's going to end. Yeah. But if you got to seventy-five percent of the story and say, "And how would it end?" I would have to say, "No, wait a second. What? How has this story been? Not not what's happened, but how has this story been to read yeah. up until this point?" Yeah. And with that established, I'd be like. Actually, I kind of got a feeling of how this story mm -hmm. could be from now on, you know. Yes. So, yes. yeah, it's definitely yeah. A, a weird, yeah. like a weird setup, if you know what I mean, and, like and, a and weird the, payoff. And he does talk about everything being a cycle, a circle. Yeah, a circle, yeah. And and this, just when he puts this into words like that, yeah, 
you look, you remember the whole, the whole of the book, and you suddenly start seeing the yeah. whole thing. And it's a, uh, it's, it's. This is yeah. It's a, uh, it's quite meta. Yes. But it's really clever. Yeah. And uh, well written. And uh, I can, yeah, I can, uh, I can recommend it to people who want to read different science fiction. Yeah, and that's, fiction. A, that's why I wanted to get that recommendation before. Like, yeah. read it knowing that it is going to challenge you in a way which uh, good fiction can do. Yeah. But only great fiction can do satisfyingly. Because if, if if this wasn't written as well, it would just be a mismatch of a book, like a mishmash of a book, yeah. and unsatisfying and not very good. But I think it's the opposite. I think it's very it it is a it's not a mishmash of a book. It's mm. a constructed, jilted like it's it's, it's like thought through. It, 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 yeah, it's it, it's things happen it's on discon. It's like it mm. has those disconnects and those disjunctions in it. But each one of them are designed rather than just stuff being thrown together mm -hmm. on the surface you could just say oh there's just random stories thrown together into one book and i don't think it's that i think someone has gone right i've got these different stories these different threads these different characters and i'm going to put them together in a way which works but there's no way to put together all of these stories into the traditional story arc yeah so because of that i'm going to put them together in a way which is sort of more like real life where there, it, there isn't a single story arc there isn't a trajectory that somebody does these things overcomes adversity wins and then everyone happily lives ever after that, sort of just... like other people's happily ever after and adversities intersect yeah. with those intersect with each other you yes know? yes absolutely so, that's it all right that's it and, i think um, that's good uh, but i'm you know what i want oh, to say oh yeah i'm really really happy that this is the first book that i found and I suggested... No, nah, you, you've suggested we, many books to me like that. Well... There's been quite a few books that you've started reading and then you said, hey, you should read this or something. Yes, but I, I'm, I'm happy that this was one okay. that I did and I, I think it was a, a great find. I was already thinking of reading it and I mentioned it and you're like, yes, oh, I'm well, already halfway through that book. And yeah, I was because like, All right. so, wasn't yeah. it when... Uh, when was it like the Nebula things? No, when, I don't it, think it was... recommended somewhere? Mm, actually, I don't even remember where I saw it. I think it was just on... I think it was just on Goodreads. I, I was scrolling was, through and, and it was meant someone had marked it to read and I had a look at it. No, it was like it, you, it, you mentioned it at the same time when you mentioned Harrow, Harrow Hark. I think. Uh, okay, well, let me just type it in. It could have been mentioned on a... Um, uh, was it mentioned on a, by yeah, somebody on a podcast? Yeah, maybe on the Incomparable podcast. Somebody yeah. mentioned it on there. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah, know I if it it's... Uh, I don't know if it's... I, no, actually, it would be here. If it, was, if it had been nominated for things like that no it doesn't say anything no, it wasn't okay doesn't say anything well, about nomination so i think it was just mentioned on a podcast somebody mentioned or it. mentioned on goodreads yes. you know because i do and looking... i already yeah, read it at yeah. that point yes you got halfway through yes all right that's it i think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good length of podcast yeah bit... what's next for me i don't have anything to read now i need to find really? something yeah. okay well i'm still reading hyperion so. and enjoying it not Do you think I should revisit it? No, nah, I don't think you'd enjoy it so much now. Because here's the thing. I keep talking about these different books. And mm -hmm. I, I'll talk about this when we, if I if I finish it and review it again. Mm -hmm. It'll be the third time I review it. I, again, on the podcast? Yeah, because I did it once. And then our first ever episode that we was ever did together Hyperion. was, was yeah. Hyperion. Yeah. Um, and both those times it felt... But like I was saying, there's so many other books which are literally doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like this, you know, these other ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think... I think Peter F. Hamilton took that framework mm. and expanded on it so it didn't feel like six disjointed stories. It felt like six connect more connected stories that paid each other off a bit better yeah. than Hyperion did. And then there's these other stories 
which are like complete, like Simon Jimenez is sort of like is using some of those ideas, yeah. but completing it. And yeah. Hyperion always felt like the first book in two books, but yeah. it, it, it was never finished. No. And that's the thing that it, it's annoying to me that it it still feels too experimental. Like Hyperion is experimental and is interesting. It's, the and first, it, it's a Hugo winning first of award. its kind. No, not no, the first not, of its but... kind. The first Hyperion, I mean. I'm just saying that I think craft, the, the craft of writing science fiction mm -hmm. has now, it takes Hyperion for granted and then can do other new interesting and, um, I wouldn't say better, but more interesting things to yeah, it. Yeah. You know, like after you after you read The Time Machine and you go back and read The Time Machine, Time Machine is still an amazing book, yes. but better time travel stories have been written, you know. That uh, uh, have that know this book. And assuming take it, time yeah. travel exists, what else can we do with time travel, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, assuming this exists and it's the first, it can be the first exploration. I'm not saying Hyperion was the first exploration of anything, but like I said with Hyperion, there he tells the story of someone who has a house with lots of different places around. Mm -hmm. Like every room is every room is, is is through a portal yeah. on a different planet, a different place, a different location. You move around, mm. and that's just that. Like I said, that's just presented in this way. But Peter Hamilton says, right, that is it, assume that, and now we're going to set a, a crime scene investigation there where people have been murdered and then gunfights happened. Yeah. And now let's do that same exploration of the same world building, yeah. but with this extra layer of genre uh, of ideas and tropes and storytelling and mystery on yes. top of it. Yeah. And that's what this feels like now as well, yeah. if you know what I mean. So anyway, if I do, if I, if I finish it and do a review of Hyperion, we'll talk about this more as well. But okay. after talking about it twice, I'm not sure what else I can say about it, except really what I've said there. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's a book I've read a few times before. And as I read and it, I can... here's my point of view from me yeah, now. And now, <laughs> 10 years after I last read it, or uh, whenever it was, or yeah. eight years after I last read it, I feel the same way about it, but I recognize science fiction has progressed onwards. And, yeah. and then I'll just get into a meta discussion about not having to read the masters because, I don't know. It's like, why did why did we go back and try and read A Deepness in the Sky by Verna Vinge? Wait, no, just read the latest Spider's generational story yeah. with... Uh, with the with the latest books that have explored those same areas yes assume that already exists and then explore it in a different way where our expectations are and our sensibilities are these days and we can be impressed with it in a different way yeah why read starship troopers when you can just read um what was that what's the starship troopers one that we just read i gave it five stars twice ah mm -hmm. oh, man what did we read uh, i forgot uh, everything Episode. I just read it. I read it twice. Why is it not in my head? The Light Brigade. Yeah. By Cameron Hurley. Like they say, like that book exists because Starship Troopers exists. Yes, um, it does. But I think if you, like, if you do, if you do just want to consume uh, science fiction books, uh, yeah, sure, do exactly what you just said. You, you you can just read the current better versions of the old masters book. No, it's but not I think better you, versions. I don't I think, think it's better versions. You, I think if you do actually want to see this whole transition and the way that it progressed then i think you, you should go back to these you you can go back to it but i'm saying the the way that you get the most benefit out of it is reading those books when they first came out 20 years ago yes and now but we don't have it, that benefit no i have had that benefit well, of reading those other books some, well maybe not yeah. the heinlein books and these yeah, other exactly. ones but i'm saying i have had a 25 year reading experience of science fiction and the books that I read when they first came out like Deepness in the Sky mm -hmm. I was like oh this is better than A Fire Upon the Deep I thought it was the most amazing thing yeah. and then I read oh, what's the other one the um, Children of Time and Children of Ruin and stuff like that then I read those books and I'm like oh the reason I'm enjoying this is because of this previous book and yeah. you know let yeah. me go back and check out this previous book no 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 that's that's the that's... wrong direction like if you yes. read if you read in, in publication order that's fine and by living life at one year per year and 
and reading books as they come out by the authors. Yeah. And Verne de Vinci is my favorite author now because it's 1997 and the, the yes. Fire Upon the Deep but is so meaningful. But somebody who starts reading science fiction now. No, they, they need to go on their own journey. They yes. need to start. They, of course, you can go back and visit some classics yes. or whatever like that. Yeah. But don't think that to enjoy the books now, you need to go back and read the books of the late 90s. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Oh, because I read these books of the late 90s, I'm going to enjoy this book now even more. Yeah. It, it doesn't need to be that way around. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It doesn't need to. Anyway, that's what. If I was to do an episode about Hyperion, maybe I'll just save it. This is what. Come I, up again. <laughs> this is what it would be. I don't think I, I. To be honest, I think I'm just going to move on to another book because I'm enjoying Hyperion, but like I say, I don't even think I've got a full podcast in it. Yeah. I'll just skip around a bit more. I, mean, I think. And I think there are only so many things that you can say about a book, and the additional few things are really just. I'm now eight years older than I was Yeah, and also time. there's different media has come out. Like, yeah. for example, if I was to watch the new Dune movie and then read Dune again, mm -hmm. I'd probably read it in a different way and probably have other things to say about it. Like, yeah. ah, this director and writer, script writer, brought this out of the book even more yeah. than I ever experienced in the book. And now it's in the book, you know, that kind of stuff. And you can you can you can see it from a different point of view. Yes. Or like if you listened, this is often what happens to me is that like I'll, I'll have watched a movie years ago. This is what happens a few times with the Friendly Fire uh, podcast yeah. where they talk about war movies and yeah. they're talking about a war movie that I saw in, you know, 1998 or whatever. Yeah. And then they talk about it in 2019 and then I watch it in 2020 because... Like, I could sort of, like, I saw this movie five times as a kid or whatever, like, that, or a like, kid when I was 17 or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Like, I've seen this movie many times and now I come back and watch it. Yeah, there's going to be, I'm going to have new things to say about it. Of course. Due to it being reflected by through somebody else's eyes. Yes. Anyway, uh, we've just done an extra 10 minute podcast at the end of the podcast well, here. we always do that. I know. This is, this is part Actually, of the right, format. Actually, should we just press stop now? Uh, yes. Do you oh, have no. anything else to say? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Boger. Follow Juliana on Twitter. And Instagram as well. She's at J-U-K-U Berlin. Yep. For yeah. some reason. Yeah, for some reason. It's still the same reason. <laughs> is that your name is Juliana Kunzendorf and you live in Berlin and you didn't want Juliana Kunzendorf as your main Instagram account. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm also on Instagram. I'm also not juggling Luke on Instagram. If you don't want to see me juggling videos every day and instead you want to see me, you know, riding my bike and playing computer games and other, uh, all oh, my not juggling and hobbies and, ex and, and pictures of food and our trips and stuff. Uh, yes, there's that. Uh, you can uh, become my friends on Goodreads. Oh, yeah, go over to the Goodreads, uh, the SFPR, SFBRP listener group on Goodreads and chat with other people and complain about our audio quality. Someone said, oh, it's good that now that Julia, nobody has to hold the microphone in the hand. Yeah. It wasn't that you were holding the microphone in your hand. It's that last <laughs> time I had a mic stand and that restricted your, th your, your hand movements around. It was standing in front of me. Yeah, that but now is, this is much better. This, this is, is great. much better. I yeah, think no, we, got, we got the setup pretty here. Pretty good setup. Yeah. We should take a photo of the setup. No, we don't need to take the photo of the setup. People can just complain about the audio as, they, as much as they I think the audio is good now. It's, it is better than it was before now that we've got these mic stands and mics in place and we're not using it's the lapel mics. It's probably going to be more uh, continuing... It'll improve like... slightly over the next few months as I keep working on this room to make it a little bit better for audio recording yeah. and video stuff than just... Uh, podcasting yes all right and yeah and if you want to support us in some way the best way to do that now is go over to patreon like we don't have our normal jobs anymore juliana can no longer sing and be a music teacher as much you're doing some remote stuff yeah. i used to be a professional juggler and since march i haven't been paid any money at all for being a professional juggler yeah uh only the only money i'm getting for being a juggler is via patreon so if you go to patreon.com forward slash luke burridge to if you want to support me in any way in that way to to continue it's being such a, a great help it is 
is such a great help. It's, uh, you know, whatever it is over, over this year, averaging out to a few hundred euros per month. But just that makes a huge difference in our life because one month before the pandemic hit, we bought a house and moved into a new house. And uh, we, uh, we uh, uh, again, we're going to be fine mostly, but it's only down that I'm yeah. working. I have a, an office job and I'm working as a game designer and doing game development for an indie studio, which is uh, not how I saw my life going in no, uh, so quickly. Let me put it this way. I was like, oh, yeah, this is something I can train and, and do once I uh, retire from juggling or if anything happens and stuff <laughs> like that. And like literally six and months after I made that what? plan, life. it happened. Life happened. Uh, this so. is how life goes. You never know. Yep. So if you want to help out us in a, in a, and say to say thank you for episodes, if you've enjoyed it, uh, yeah, you can you can check out patreon.com forward slash SFB. No, Luke Burridge. Luke Burridge. Yeah, I'm getting the URLs mixed up. Yeah. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. And there is, a, there is a way that you can get us to read a book that you want to. Oh, that's what I need to do. I remember the next book. Someone recommended a series to me uh, who, who donated 25, oh, more than 25 Oh, wow. Uh, Thank dollars. you so much. So uh, it was someone who did it uh, last month or two months ago or something like that. So I do actually have a book recommendation. Uh, of of someone who's re- who's uh, you need to tell me some... I want to read it. Well, I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. So I'm going to check out the cool. first book in that series, and if it's good, I'll tell Juliana to read it. Thank you and so if, much. And if it is good, I'll carry on reading the series. But yeah, let's uh, let's check out another first book. So yes, I'll I'll look up what that book is and uh, and check it out. All right, that's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.